John chapter 14 verse 6. John chapter 14 verse 6. John chapter 14 verse 6. I read. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. Last week, or rather, yeah, we've been looking at the topic, the promise of God, for a number of weeks now. And we looked at the principles of the promise. And having looked at those principles, we started looking at specific and individual promises. And the first one we started looking at last week is the promise of a place. The promise of a place. And we said the promise of a place could be physical or what? Spiritual. And I remember God spoke to someone here last week. I don't know who that person is. Someone else in addition to myself. When God said he will make houses for you. Amen. And I know it shall come to pass. And then we went to look at the spiritual place. And of course, the place that Jesus was talking about here is not that place but where? Heaven. And we started looking at some things about heaven. We have a father in heaven. And we said our father in heaven is a rewarder. We said our father in heaven will forgive you if you forgive others. We said our father in heaven will make a way for someone. Now, who is that person? He will make it for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Then we said, He's our Father in heaven. He's also the maker of heaven. And He's unstoppable. No one and nothing can do what? Can stop Him. I saw something on the internet some days ago about a child that was born one country. I don't know which. I don't remember the country now. But I said that child, when the child came out, the thing that they use for birth control, the child held it in his hand. So every plan they made so that the child would not come, the child discomfited it and held it for them and said, Ooh, see. God will make a way. God will have his way. No matter what anyone tries to use to stop you, they cannot stop in Jesus' name. So today we want to look at just six attributes about heaven. So we are still talking about the promise of God that he will make a, I mean, he, the promise of a place. He said, in my father's house, there are what? There are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be. And then he rounded up by saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that place, want to just highlight only six things. There are many more things we can talk about heaven in addition to whatever we have discussed last week. And the first one we want to highlight is that there is a kingdom of heaven. There is what? And our goal is to get there. I hope that is your goal. Because that is my goal. There is a kingdom of heaven. And our goal is to get there. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea. 
And verse 2. And saying, repent ye, for what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message of John the Baptist. And that was the only message he preached all through his lifetime. When Jesus came, what was his message? Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. The Bible says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. Tell somebody, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the message that John the Baptist preached was the message that Jesus Christ preached. That there is a kingdom of heaven. Your goal, my goal, our goal is what? Is to get there. I want to get to heaven and look around and see all of us that are here. Because if you fail to make it, then I will be a lonely man in heaven. You will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. I will make it in Jesus' name. So that's number one. The second point about heaven we want to look at is that heaven is the source of divine empowerment. Heaven is what? The source of divine empowerment. When you go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to verse 17, Matthew 3, 16 to 17, the Bible says when Jesus was baptized, as soon as he came out of the water, the heavens were opened unto him. The heavens will open unto you. Amen. I said the heavens will open unto you. Amen. Putting it another way, your heavens will be opened. Amen. The heavens were opened unto him. And the Bible says, the, I mean, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That needed to happen for Christ to be able to do, to fulfill his purpose on earth. It was necessary for the heavens to be opened upon him. More importantly, it was necessary that he receive that new baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see the same thing repeated in Mark 1, 9-12 and Luke 3, 21-22. All talking about the heavens being opened upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So the heaven is the hope, I mean, is the source of divine empowerment. But not only is it the source of divine empowerment, it's also the source of divine confirmation. Divine what? Heaven is the source of divine confirmation. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John onto the Mount of Transfiguration, the Bible says Christ was transfigured before them. And Peter was confused. Maybe you call it holy confusion. But Peter was confused. And when he woke up, he said, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us build three, uh, three what? Tabernacles, tents, booths, whatever. One for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. Of course, it's obvious he was confused. Why would Elijah and Moses who have tasted the glory of heaven, come and sit down on one mountain on earth. There's a song that says, heaven is a wonderful place. Do you realize that? Do you know heaven is a wonderful place? It says, filled with glory and grace. It says, I want to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. You will make it in Jesus' name. It is a source of divine confirmation. The Bible says, while Peter was speaking, be, I mean, a bright cloud overshadowed them. 
And a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. So that's the third point about heaven. Number one, I mean, the, what was the first point we mentioned today? There is a kingdom of heaven. It's together. Number two, what was the second point? The source of what? Divine empowerment. And number three? Number four, you need an open heaven to derive the benefits of heaven on earth. You do what? In other words, you don't wait until you get to heaven before you derive the benefits of heaven. Are you a child of God? Only uh, Apostle Chris is answering me. Are you a child of God? If you are a child of God, you need an open heaven to derive the benefits of heaven on earth. In Luke chapter 28, in Luke chapter 20, I mean, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 28, not Luke. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28 verses 12 and 13. The Bible tells us some things, some things about an open heaven. Deuteronomy 28 verses 12 to 13. It says, the Lord, that verse 12, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Good treasure. If there's a good treasure, there's, there's also what? There's also bad treasure. <laughs> the Bible says it is God that it, 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 the Bible says the Lord killeth and he does what? He maketh alive. That is our God. He created evil, he created good. That is our God. You will experience the goodness of God in Jesus' name. So it says the Lord will open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in this season, and to bless all the work of your hand. Thou shalt lend unto many nations. Thou shalt not borrow. There shall be a divine exchange today. There shall be a divine transformation today. The lender will become the borrower in the name of Jesus. The borrower will become the lender in the name of Jesus. Divine exchange. You have been borrowing before. From today, God will begin to do a work of turnaround in your life in the name of Jesus. Now go to verse 14. Go to verse 14. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commanded this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Amen? Now, when the Lord op- opens the heavens for you, I mean, we've seen quite a number of things that the Bible tells us there. Number one, it says, the land will receive rain in the season. He will bless the work of your hand. I say, he will bless the work of your hand. Amen. I say, he will bless the work of your hand. Amen. And that's very important. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. From verse 10. We all know that passage very well. Malachi chapter 3 from verse 10. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now therewith, said the Lord, the Lord of hosts. If I will not do what? Open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall be no room enough to receive it. So, the Bible says it will bless the work of your hand. And one work of your hand that the Lord is saying it will bless here is if you do what? Bring the tithe into the storehouse. When you bring the tithe into the storehouse, he said he will pour you out a blessing 
that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Just one blessing, and your life will be transformed. Amen. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are obedient to the Lord, the passage we read makes it very clear that obedience to the Lord is very important. It's very important. You will lend to many nations. Amen. You will not borrow. Amen. You will be the head and not the tail. Amen. You will be above only and not beneath. Amen. If it looks as if you are beneath now, you are on a journey to the top. Amen. I said you are on a journey to the top. Amen. I said you are on a journey to the top. Amen. And you will get there in Jesus' name. And open heaven gives what the Bible calls visions of God. Gives what? Visions of God. In Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 1. The Bible says, In the 30th year it came to pass, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Cheba, that the heavens were opened. And I saw visions of God. Your heavens will open today. Amen. From this day onwards, you begin to see visions of God. Amen. What others do not see, you will see in the name of Jesus. Amen. When Stephen was about to be killed, Acts chapter 7 verse 56, Acts 7 56, the Bible says, He saw the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Stephen needed a confirmation that God was still on his side. And God encouraged him. The heavens were open for him. What Stephen saw on that day, only Stephen saw it. Do you realize that? It was, others were busy stoning him. He was busy seeing Jesus. Which one do you want to choose today? Do you want to see Jesus? He will reveal himself to you in Jesus' name. I say he will reveal himself to you in Jesus' name. In John chapter 1 verse 51, John chapter 1 verse 51, Jesus Christ said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jacob had that experience. And from the day that Jacob had the experience, Jacob was no longer the same. So when your heavens are opened, there is a divine transformation. I pray for somebody here again this afternoon. Your heavens will be opened. Amen. Your heavens will finally be opened. Amen. In Genesis chapter 28, Genesis chapter 28, from verse 12 to verse 16. Genesis 28, verses 12 to 16. The Bible says, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. The top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it unto thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. Somebody does not like that prayer point. The Lord is saying he will multiply you. Amen. What you see today, if Christ tarries, is nothing compared to what lies ahead. Do you realize that? 
One day, brethren, Abraham was a man that was married that had no child. True or false? Today, does anybody know the number of his, of his children? Do you realize that there are Jews that don't even know they are Jews? Yeah, because of the persecution. Many uh, Jews gave birth to their children and did not make them to realize that they are Jews. So that they could be saved from what, they, what do they call that thing? Anti-Semitism. It still exists up till today. So there are Jews that don't even know. that. So how can you count the number of Jews on earth? But there was one day that God gave that promise. And it came to pass. Like we're discussing in the morning. It shall come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. I said it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Now look at verse 15. He said, and behold, I am with thee. And I will keep you in all places whither thou goest. I will bring you again unto this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. God is telling somebody here today that the promise I have given unto you, it shall come to pass. That the promise I have given unto you shall be fulfilled. When the heaven is open, you receive a revelation from heaven. You receive what? A revelation from heaven. In the book of Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. John the beloved, he said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be thereafter. Like we're discussing in our, our Bible study on Thursday, one day, Nebuchadnezzar went to bed. And that night, he was just thinking in his head. You see the type of God we serve? That's why nobody should limit God. Nebuchadnezzar went to bed, and you go to Daniel chapter 2, and he was thinking in his head that, okay, what will happen after me? When I'm gone, what will happen? He didn't tell anybody. He just had a thought, and he did what? And he slept. And at night, he had a dream. A dream that he did not remember when he woke up. When he didn't remember the dream, how could he know the interpretation? Until, because God wanted to use that occasion to promote Daniel. When the whole encounter was over, God revealed the dream of Nebuchadnezzar to Daniel. Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar his dream and interpreted it. And of course, Daniel was promoted. See, there are some circumstances that are working around you. They are working around you for your promotion. They are working around you for your promotion. It, it looks like an impossible situation. It looks like a big obstacle that cannot be overcome. Oh, but it cannot be overcome because you can only overcome it by God. And when God is true with you, you will be lifted up. Amen. I said you will be lifted up. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. When your heavens are open, there is a revelation from heaven. Receive that revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. And brethren, a closed heaven brings destruction. A closed heaven does what? Brings it brings destruction. In that same book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 23 to 24, we see the Bible telling us some things about a closed heaven. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. 
He said, the heaven that is over that individual shall be brass. He said, the earth that is under that person shall be iron. So, heaven will be closed and the earth will not yield an increase. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. He said, the Lord will make the rain of that land to be powder and dust. That means that there will be no rain. Dust everywhere because there's no rain. And then he says, from heaven shall it come until that individual be destroyed. That's not your portion in Jesus' name. A closed heaven brings destruction. Brings destruction. Maybe that should be a prayer of, of protection. And say, Father, whosoever says, I will not get to where you have, you, have, you have prepared for me. Let the heaven of that person be closed in Jesus' name. Amen. From the days of John the Baptist, yes, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. The violence take it by force. Like somebody said, uh, um, was it a, something I read? Hmm. Of Okay, I think I've shared it with us here before. A girl that killed her brother because the brother was very brilliant. The guy went to school, had excellent grades, went on scholarship to the UK, was the best in his class. The day he graduated, talking about when he would go, go back to, uh, come back to Nigeria, he went to the swimming pool. He was born in the River Nine area. He, he knows how to swim very well. Went to the swimming pool, jumped into the water, and all they saw was blood. His, his, his skull crashed or whatever. He died in the water. Now, before he went to the UK, his sister, his sister, oh, brother, I mean, how, how do they say it? Sibling, blood sister, same father, same mother, came and met him and said, ah, my brother, this UK you are going, you have, you have, it's either of two things, oh. it's either you take hold of your life or you take hold of your, of your studies. And the brother just looked and said, come on, what are you saying? Don't talk like that. But again, knew what she was saying. It was his dead body they brought back from UK to Nigeria. Now, but where I'm going is the fact that years later, a man of God who knew the boy, because the boy was his classmate, and knew his household members. It was ministry, and who came for who came forward to give a life to Christ? That is sister. She looked at her. I know this person. And she began to confess what she did. She killed him. And then she came to give her life to Christ. Can I ask you a question? Will she make it heaven or not? Either you like it or not, she will make heaven. That is, the, that is our Jesus for you. He is Jesus of all. Now, if that brother that she killed was not born again when he died, which is most likely, because if he had been born again, that spell would not have caught him. Where would that brother be? It would be like that rich man who was in hell and was saying, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to me. But it's too late. It will not be too late for you. Amen. I say it will not be too late for you. Amen. Your heavens will be open in the name of Jesus. Amen. Destruction will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. You need an open heaven. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the sixth point about heaven, you know I said I have six points. I mean the fifth point rather, number five, is that humility will take you to heaven. What will take you there? Humility. Humility, humility is very important. 
In Matthew chapter 18, verse 4, Matthew 18, verse 4, Jesus Christ said, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Will you go to heaven? Yes, sir. Some people are not sure. Will you go to heaven? Yes, sir. If you will go to heaven, if you will make it to heaven, you need to do what? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. Isaiah 57, verse 15. The Bible says, For thus said the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Contrite means what? Repentant. Repentant. Not justifying sin. Not saying, I am doing it because others are doing it. Is it between us of a contrite and what? Humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble. Hallelujah. And to revive the heart of the contrite ones. That is your God. Humility will take you to heaven. And number seven is the corollary of number six. I mean, number, number six is the corollary of number five. Pride will prevent you from getting there. Pride will do what? Pride will prevent you from making it to heaven. James chapter 4 verse, verse 6. James 4 6. He said, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he said, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, Look at what the Bible is saying. They say God resists the proud. The Bible is not telling you to do what? Resist the devil. So when you are proud, the same treatment that the devil receives is the treatment you will receive. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Oh, ye of little or no faith. Purify your heart. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And it shall do what? It shall lift you up. Humility will take you to heaven. Pride will prevent you from getting there. What do you choose today? The promise of a place. As we round up this afternoon, there is a second promise I'm going to talk of very briefly because they are related. And that is, remember the first promise all we've been talking about is the promise of a place. And that place is where? Heaven. The second promise is the promise of eternity. The promise of what? Eternity. In our contemporary world of today, I'm not aware that there's anybody that has, is up to 150 years old. I'm not aware of any. In fact, when they start saying somebody is 140, is 130 something, most of the time they don't really know the age of the person. They are just using uh, uh, carbon dating <laughs> and a lot of guesswork. How much more? Do you, that, that tells you one thing. This life cannot be compared to eternity. 
And there is a promise of eternity. In that John chapter 14 that we read, it says so that where I am, you may be also. From the little that we know, according to the calendar, Christ was crucified and rose from the dead about 2,000 years ago. Is that not so? And he's still alive today. And even 2,000 years is nothing compared to eternity. <laughs> Brethren, there is eternity in heaven. And there is eternity where? What is your choice? There is a promise of eternity. Titus chapter 1. Uh, no, first of all, 1 John 2.25. Then we'll go to Titus. 1 John 2.25. 1 John 2.25. 1 John 2, I said, and this is the promise that he has promised us. Even what? Eternal life. That is the promise he has given us. It's only our God that can give such a promise. Titus 1, 2 to 3. Titus 1, 2. He said, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So he had a plan before the world began. A plan for your eternity. A plan for my eternity. But as in due times manifested his word through preaching. Which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. And finally Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. The promise of eternity. The promise of eternity. He says, and for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called, how many people are called here? They which are called might receive the promise of what? Eternal inheritance. Brethren, like I've always highlighted, our God is the creator of time. But he is not limited by what? By time. There will come a time that time will be no more. I hope that sentence makes sense. There will come a time that time will be of no relevance. Because we live in what? Eternity. In eternity, there's no measure of time. There's no measure of time. There's no day and night in heaven. The glory of God is the light. The light shines the brightest. There is a promise of eternity. The Bible says, enter through what? Enter through what? The narrow gate. For straight is the gate. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternity. But there is a broad, there is a broad way. And just as the Broadway, where is the Broadway in, in I think it's, is it New York or where? Is it, no, is it Hollywood? I think it's in New York. There is a Broadway in New York that shows the best of Hollywood. And the best of Hollywood, brethren, is the best of hell. It's all just deception. You go for it, even the, 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 the Englishman themselves, they say all that glitters is what? It's not good. The best of Hollywood, the best of Broadway is the best of deception. Broad is the way. That leads to where? That leads to hell. That leads to destruction. What is your choice? The narrow way that leads to eternity with God 
or the broad way that leads to eternity with the devil. The Broadway is acceptable unto all. In fact, the Broadway is acceptable to the country. The laws of the land recognize the Broadway, but the laws of heaven do not recognize the Broadway. The laws of God only recognize what? The narrow way. There is a promise of a place. There is a promise of eternity. In other words, eternity in that place. Will you make it? Will you be there? You are the